Did you know that prayer can help? (laughs) Dumb question, right? But do you know how it helps? Okay, well, how it helps beyond the divine intervention part of it. Hey, I want to share with you the psychological factors that are involved in prayer and how prayer improves your mood and relieves your anxiety. And that's really actually in addition to any kind of spiritual supplications or assistance that you may get. See, to understand prayer, I want to share with you about what causes or what is anxiety and what is love. By understanding love and anxiety, you'll be able to see exactly how love casts out fear. To quote a scripture, I'm going to quote 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Now, I am not doing a scripture study. That's not what this is going to be about. This is going to be more a psychological explanation for why that scripture, why that thought is actually true. And even more than that, I want to share a little bit with you on how you can use prayer, however that looks for you or to whomever you pray, to help you with your fears around the coronavirus. Hi, I'm Brett, your favorite shrink, and I am the, a psychotherapist and executive director for the nonprofit, The Gathering of Good People. The Gathering is dedicated to helping you grow emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Today, I am recording with you our new series. We call the series Anxious. Anxious is all about the anxiety that's being created around this corona, COVID-19 virus thing. Well, the idea for today's particular show about prayer and anxiety came actually after our last anxiety support group, which, FYI, is free and online. So if you want to join us uh, in our next group, please do so. One uh, one gentleman I was talking to from England, um, we were kind of having a chat afterwards, and he was sharing how praying was helping him deal with his anxieties over this virus. And he was really kind of basically asking, is there anybody in my life? Is there anybody I knew that could use some prayer? And of course, the answer was yes, right? But his his comment and his approach was really inspiring. Um, this guy is older, so he's in the wrong age bracket for this virus altogether. And his business is... Uh, centered around travel, which is the wrong industry to be in um, around this time. So he's getting double hits with all of this that's going on. No income and in a very dangerous place 
England, lots of viruses, and he's in the wrong age group. So he's feeling a lot of anxiety going on. And what he shared with me was that he, instead of focusing on himself, instead of, you know, just praying for help in his own situation, he finds people that are maybe worse off, maybe the same, maybe even better. But he finds other people that need help, that need prayer. And then what he does is he focuses on them. And, and by praying and lifting them up and, and just kind of supplicating his love for them through Christ, he feels a ton better. Now, I, I say that with a little bit of surprise in my voice, but there shouldn't be, right? You know, we all know that that's true. But I, I also want to really comment about what he's doing to help himself because he's doing exactly the right thing. It, it isn't a surprise why what he's doing, praying for others, is helping. And again, beyond the divine intervention, just helping psychologically. So, as I talked about in the beginning, let me, let me break things down a little bit to help you understand what's happening in the brain and in your emotions and and what's happening with prayer that's actually creating this shift on a psychological level. First, let me launch into talking a little bit about what is anxiety. It seems like a kind of a general, broad, open, even kind of an easy, obvious question, but it's really not. And in fact, if I asked you what are emotions in general... What are feelings? Love, hurt, sorrow, joy, peace. There are no good answers. There are no clear answers coming out of psychology or anywhere. Many of you probably sitting there listening to this podcast are thinking, well, uh, emotions, emotions. Emotions are, are reactions to an environment, to a situation. And in part, that is true. Um, however... You and I can go to the exact same movie, sit right next to each other. Probably not these days. We'll probably sit apart. I'm going to wipe my arms, the arms on the chair with probably some alcohol too. But, but beside all that, <laughs> you and I can go to a movie together, sit and watch the same movie, and we'll have completely different emotional reactions. So just to say my emotions are our responses to stimuli to outside environment isn't really a good answer, isn't really the right answer, because that doesn't explain why all of our emotions are different. So here's what I think. Just uh, I, I'm sure we're going to do a whole show just on emotions and talking about how emotions work, but here's what I think. Emotions are electrical signals probably bioelectrical signals generated from your limbic system, the center part of your brain, through your central nervous system and out to your peripheral nervous system. Wow, that was sexy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 kind of boring. But that answer is not only factually accurate, 
emotions are electrical signals. And every emotion you have has a very unique electrical signal. Because if it didn't have a unique electrical signal, you wouldn't be able to tell anger from love. If all your emotions had the same signal, they'd all feel the same, but they don't. They all have different electrical signals. And we can even hook up an EEG, an electroencephalograph, to your head. Like It's like a shower cap with all these buttons on it. And we could watch the brainwave activity going on in your head. And as you go through different emotions, guess what? Yeah, the different brainwaves would change. The frequency, the amplitude of the brainwaves would change based on different emotions. So that is, uh, in a nutshell, really simply what it is to, to have emotions, what it is to feel emotions. They're just electrical signals. Now, that seems really boring and kind of dull and like, who cares? But it's not. It's really important. The reason why it's really important is because um, all electrical signals are made up of two things. Amplitude the amount of energy they have in them, and frequency, which is how far apart the waves will crest and fall. And the amplitude and the frequency of a wave changes how it is felt and experienced. So why that's important is that if I could understand the, the signal that a particular emotion is generating I can do two things. One, I could destroy that emotion by changing, by changing the electrical signal in my brain. And second part, equally awesome, I can create emotions by understanding what kind of frequencies and amplitudes do I need to create within my own brain. So that, that sounds like Super weird science, but man, the possibilities of understanding your brain and understanding how these electrical signals work is super important and powerful. Now, again, we'll do probably a whole show just talking about emotions, but here's the bottom line. Here's, here's cut to the chase kind of thing. Negative emotions have high frequencies. In your brain, they show up as beta waves or high beta waves, actually. There's three levels of beta waves, and negative emotions show up as the highest beta waves. Positive emotions show up as theta, delta waves. The difference is that the frequency in the betas and the high and the thetas and the deltas is the, the difference in frequency, how long the wave is. So, again, let me tighten this up for us. Um, High-frequency waves, waves that happen really fast. Waves that happen fast like that, high-frequency waves, are associated with negative emotions. The simple way that I can think about kind of helping you demonstrate this is just take your hand. Take your hand and squeeze it. Squeeze it tight. When you feel a negative emotion, this is what a negative emotion feels like. It feels like your hand squeezing tight. That's because this high frequency wave is creating an experience inside of you that feels like your energy is collapsing. 
It's turning inward, and it's just knotted up. Now, after squeezing your hand for a few seconds, take a breath. Exhale the breath, and open your hand. As you feel your hand open, you're going to feel relief, obviously. And as you feel that relief, you're going to feel a sensation. And sensation is a flow. It feels like the energy in your body is starting to move and flow. That is what low-frequency waves in your brain feel like. Feel like in terms of what you feel and experience in your body. All negative emotions are tight like a fist. All positive emotions have flow like your open hand. Now, this is really, again, for me, maybe it's nerdy, maybe it's weird, but man, for me, this is really exciting. We all know intuitively that there's a difference between positive and negative emotions, but nobody could even tell you what an emotion was, and nobody could tell you what the difference was between a good feeling and a bad feeling. And now you know. Bad feelings always have collapse. They're always high-frequency waves. Good feelings have flow. They're low-frequency waves. They feel open and flowing, moving. Now, this is super important because we talked about anxiety and we talked about love. Well, guess what? Anxiety is a high-frequency wave. It's a really high-frequency wave with a high amplitude. There's a lot of energy on that wave. Those high-frequency waves are feeling like you have a knot in your stomach or a band around your chest or you just have this tension in your head. It feels like you're constricted. But the opposite of that is love. And that was the emotion we talked about in the very beginning. Love is an open emotion. Love is like palm open, hand open, flow. And if I can shift the energy from high frequency to low frequency, if I can shift it from collapse to flow, bingo, I've not only just destroyed the emotion, the negative emotion, but I've created a new emotion, a positive emotion, love. Cool? I think it is, but I hope you do too. All right. So, question. How? (laughs) Really? You're going to ask me how? Okay. All right. Love is the answer. And to me, love is always the answer. As corny as that sounds, love is always the answer. So let's talk for a minute about what is love. Well, we already know love is a low-frequency, flowing kind of energy. Cool. That's good. And it's probably even high amplitude, depending on on how much love you're feeling. It could be really high energy, but the frequency is really low. It's it's really spread out. Bump, bump, bump. The waves are not coming fast like the high frequency. It's a low frequency. Bump, bump, bump. But what is love? I mean, it's nice to know that it has flow, and, and we can all feel and sense that it has flow. But what is love? Well, again, I get a little bit 
frustrated at my own field of psychology because you know they have these basic questions that nobody answers. So the first basic question is what are emotions? Nobody answers that. Now you did. Second question we're asking is what is love? Well, in in my first book, you can be right or you can be married. Love-based solutions for couples. I talk about what love is. I describe what love is. And love is simple. Love is the free gift of your attention. Think about it. I got a little dog. And when my dog, when I come home, my dog comes running up, jumping up on me, and just wants my attention. And wants to give me attention. Licks me, you know, wraps his legs around me, all those kind of cute things that a dog does. My dog, as simple as his brain is, he doesn't have that higher level neocortex that we talked about last time. He just has a limbic system. And the simple limbic system, the simple emotional brain gets it, understands it. Love is attention. I show love to that dog by giving it attention. That dog shows love to me by giving it, giving me attention. You can hold a baby, brand new baby. Baby don't, know, baby don't know nothing. <laughs> Good English, right? The baby understands one thing: that when you give it attention, when you look at it and you smile at it, and you not even it, him or her, and you, and you touch her cheek and you rub her feet and you talk in that, that kind of high-pitched, squeaky, parenty voice. I love you. You're so cute. The baby has no idea what you're talking about. The baby has no clue what you're doing. But the baby knows that you're giving it attention. And the baby knows attention is love. Can I get an amen? Come on. Give me an amen, right? (laughs) Love is attention. Love is the free gift of our attention. When when your spouse or significant other or somebody that's close to you is giving you their full undistracted attention, it feels great. And when your partner is not giving you attention. They're distracted by their phone or TV or whatever they are, and they're not really present. It feels disconnected. And it necessarily doesn't mean it's bad, but it doesn't feel super loving in that moment. So love is the gift of attention. Unlove is the absence of attention. Now, I'm going to bring it back. Bring it back to anxiety, because that's what we're talking about here. And let's kind of bring this all home. If my um, anxiety is high, what that automatically does is it takes my attention and collapses it on me. Because my high energy emotion of anxiety, remember closed fist, go ahead, close your fist right now, squeeze it, squeeze it. That closed fist draws all of your energy and attention. It is like a black hole. It is just pulling your attention down inward. Anxiety pulls you inward, which just propagates this collapse that you're in. Now, let's take a breath. 
Open up your hand. Relax. Feel the release. Love shifts your attention outward. Love shifts your attention. Love is the gift of your attention outward. And so when this gentleman from England who was a part of the group, our support group last week, said that he's really feeling blessed and the benefit of prayer. What is he doing? He's shifting his attention off of his collapsed energy, inwardness, and focusing it outward onto others. That shifting energy is creating flow. That shifting energy is getting the the high collapse of the anxiety to move. And he's starting to move that energy outward by focusing his attention on other people. And as he does that, as he brings his attention to others, he feels relief. He feels joy. He feels happy. And part of that, again, I'm not saying isn't divine. Totally can be as well. I'm just saying from the brain point of view, from the emotional point of view, man, it makes sense why love casts out fear. Because love shifts your energy outward. Now, let me give you some tips on how to pray. And again, I don't mean it from a spiritual point of view because, eh, I'm not that spiritual. <laughs> you know, well, actually, that's not true. I am super spiritual, but I'm not really like religious-y kind of person. But from a psychological point of view, let me give you some tips on how to pray. Again, go back to this idea that love is attention. And so when you pray for somebody, here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to have, you know, maybe written down on paper the person's name and, and maybe what you're praying for. So your left neocortex can get really clear on the intention, really get clear on the words and the idea. This is what we're doing. And then I want you to take that idea and flip it, flip it over to the left neocortex, to Rio. Flip it from Leo to Rio. Rio is the creative mind, the right neocortex. All of this stuff we went over in the last podcast, so if you want to review that, please do. So flip it over to Rio, where you start to visualize this person. And I want you to visualize this person, or circumstance, or family, or whatever it is. I want you to visualize this situation in the most positive terms possible. See them surrounded by divine light. See them happy. See them at peace. See them, see their needs being met. Whatever you want to imagine, create a mental picture. Use your creative mind to create a mental picture. See these people the way you want them to be. Healthy, whole, strong, happy, blessed, loved. See them the way they want to be. As you picture that in as much detail as you can, what are they wearing? Where are they? Are they sitting? Are they standing? Are they, are they talking to other people? Are they talking to you? What's going on? 
picture it in as much detail as you can. As you picture it in detail, that is going to turn on Emma. Emma, this is the emotional mind. Emma doesn't respond to words nearly as well as she responds to pictures. She's a reactive brain. She and B are your reactive brains. And so she's going to react to the pictures you're creating. And she's going to start generating feelings of love. The frequency in which her brain is transmitting energy is going to change dramatically from high-frequency betas to low-frequency deltas, thetas. As you feel this energy, this love for these people, imagine sending that too. Send that love. Send that energy. And then you're going to feel B, your brainstem activate. You're going to feel your body relax. You're going to feel a wave of peace coming over you, of calm, of love coming over you. Feel it. Embrace it. Let it fill every cell in your body. Because as it fills you up, it's going to set a positive feedback loop where you're going to go back up to Leo, your thinking mind. And again, set your intention. I want to pray for this person, for healing, for health, for wealth, for, for their needs, whatever it may be. I want to pray for this person's depression, their anxiety. And as you feel the love in your body, that's going to strengthen that thought and that intention, which will strengthen your pictures, which will strengthen your energy, sending that feeling of love, which will fill your body, every cell, which will strengthen the idea again. That's how I want you to pray for people. Use your whole brain. Engage your whole brain in the process of prayer. And you're going to feel, from time to time, you're going to feel your anxiety wanting to collapse back on you. And that's okay. Notice that. And maybe even pray for that anxiety. Hey, anxiety, I love you. Sorry you're so scared. Pray for you. And then I'm going to keep praying for others as well. All right. Well, I hope that was helpful. I hope that was useful. Use it. Try it. Play with it. And then make comments. I'd love to hear what your experience is. I'd love to hear what your, th- your concerns are even. Make some comments on this post, but also go on to our website, thegatheringofgoodpeople.com. There we have a community page. Join our community page. Join particularly the anxiety support group in, in that forum and share your thoughts, share your experiences, share who you are. Because... I bet there's people out there that want to pray for you. All right. Again, I'm Brett, your favorite shrink. Thank you so much for being a part of Anxious. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care.